Your friendship fell apart and it broke your heart. What do you do now? Aren't friends supposed to be friends forever? That's what Michael W. Smith's saying. But the reality is this kind of struggle happens and it creates a grief and emotions that are difficult to navigate. Maybe today you are grieving this very thing. Coming up on this visit to the Radio Backyard Fence, what to do when a friendship falls apart. If you are in a fractured friendship, maybe a faltering friendship, or one that has failed, I want you to hear from Elizabeth today. She believes there's healing and forgiveness available, and she also believes there are times when you just have to let go. There's somebody listening right now who's going to stare at the radio and you're saying, how did you know? Well, we don't know the specifics of your situation, but we do know there are a lot of hurting hearts about this topic. So let's talk about it on Chris Fabry Live online, chrisfabrylive.org. Let me thank our team behind the scenes. Pappy is in for Ryan today. Trish is our producer. Lynn will be answering your calls. We have these conversations because of friends and partners who get behind us, who support us, raise our arms up. I won't use her name. She sent a note today along with a gift. She wants to receive a copy of my new novel. It comes out next week. It's titled Saving Grayson. The main character has Alzheimer's. It's told from his unreliable point of view. And here's what the listener is dealing with. She's a widow, and she says, I'm very overwhelmed and lonely. My mom has started the journey of dementia. I have supportive Christian friends around me, but I still feel very alone. Thank you for writing this. More than 6 million people have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. This is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Millions more have family members or friends who are on that journey. And my guess is you're going to identify with Grayson and his wife, Charlotte. He calls her Lottie. But I've been saying this is really not about Alzheimer's, though it is. It's more about the struggle to find grace and hope and, above all, love in the middle of all the questions you have. How do you love somebody well who can't love you back? Grayson asks, does God forgive the sins I can't remember? I cannot send you anything closer to my heart than this. Give a gift of any size. We'll send you Saving Grayson. Call 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279. Or go to chrisfabrylive.org. Maybe there's somebody you know who's walking through this. It would be a gift to them, probably a gift to them for you to read it and experience a little bit of what they're going through. ChrisFabryLive.org. And thanks for being a friend or partner with us. When I saw this topic of broken friendships, I thought, I don't know anyone who has not been touched by this. For you, it may have been a friend from years ago and that pain is still there. It might have happened yesterday. The fracture came. You've called, you've called, you've texted, no response. I want you to meet Elizabeth Lang Thompson. She's a speaker and author. She's written a number of books for women and teens, including All the Feels, All the Feels for Teens, the uh, When God Says series. She lives in North Carolina, and her uh, preacher husband does too. It works out that way, Kevin, I think. They have four kids. Our featured resource is When a Friendship Falls Apart, you can find it at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Elizabeth, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to our conversation. You don't know. Uh, me too. And I, I'm thinking of married 
especially married women. I don't know why I think of women and friends mostly when I think of this, but I also think of singles who have lost a friend and it's just devastating. So they say, write what you know. Is that what you did? Have you gone through this yourself? I definitely have. And, you know, I love what you said, that this is an experience we have all been through. I I always tell people, if you've been through the seventh grade, you have experienced a struggle in a friendship in one way or another. And, you know, I've had friendships fall apart in different ways. Friendship is so important to me. I adore my friends. I value them. I treasure them. And yet I've still had missteps and I've still had my heart broken at times. And, you know, sometimes it's been that gradual fade where one day you're scrolling through social media and that old friend's picture pops up and you think, oh my goodness, we haven't talked for six months, a year, two years. What happened to us? Like, are we over? Have we lost this friendship? And that has certainly happened to me where I've had just that long, slow drift and a friendship sort of fade on the vine. Um, I had one very dramatic, (laughs) dramatic breakup the day before my wedding of all times. uh, I had called a friend. I had promised I would give her some information. She was moving to a new city. I was trying to help her get connected there. And I had forgotten, forgotten, forgotten in just the chaos of having a new job and planning a wedding. And so the day before my wedding, I I call her and I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I really blew it here, but here's that information I promised you. And there was just this long pause on the other end of the line. And she said, you know, Elizabeth, you should have given this to me a long time ago. And in fact, you've been hurting my feelings for months now, been very distracted with the wedding. And I'm just, I'm just really done with this friendship. And I was utterly blindsided, brokenhearted. I, you know, you're fumbling all over yourself. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I probably have been selfish. I've been very lost in my own world and plans and busyness, and I'm so sorry. And can I make this right with you? Can I have another chance? Will you please forgive me? And I'm sorry to say that in that situation, she wasn't willing to talk anymore. I, I tried to track her down. I tried to reach out to her boyfriend, but Unfortunately, we just, we never got to have the reconciliation conversation that I longed for. And, you know, I know what I felt after that, and I'm sure many of your listeners have been there too, that when a friendship that you really value, just suddenly it isn't there anymore, you feel this utterly miserable concoction of all of the worst feelings. You feel shame, insecurity, regret, self-loathing, anger, bitterness. I mean, we could list all the worst emotions and you feel them all. So that's why it's important for us to talk about this, because if we don't bring it to God for real healing, we can be crippled moving forward into our other future future friendships. And the guilt that comes with that too. And then there's the issue of control, because I was reading this and thinking about if I believe that I control everything here, then if I, you know, the friendship is fractured, then I, it's my fault. And I, an apology, if I say the right bibbidi-bobbidi-boo word, you know, to the friend, then we can restore this, but that you don't have total, you control what you control, how you say what you say, the tone, and, you know, if you're really penitent or not, but you don't control that other person and their response. Yes. And I think that's one of the most difficult parts of this whole thing is 
sometimes you're in a situation where you really want to restore the friendship. You really want to make things right. And the other person, for whatever reason, hurt, anger, bitterness, fear, they are not willing to have those conversations with you. And so you are left with all those emotions and nowhere to put them <laughs> except to prayer. And you have to really find a sense of resolution with God when that's the situation. And so we have to find a way to set it to rest in our own hearts, even when the other person isn't willing or for some reason able to have that conversation with us. Yeah. I wish we didn't have to talk about this topic, but I'm really glad that we can. And I'm glad that Elizabeth has written this book. And I want to open the phone lines for you. And you can remain anonymous if you want, or you can go to our website, uh, to go to the Facebook page and answer the question there. Why did your friendship fail? What's are you, Is there any hope for reconciliation? Basically is the question. But if you uh, go to the website, you'll see, click through to today's information, you'll see when a friendship falls apart, finding God's path for healing, forgiveness, and maybe help letting go. We have to talk about that. When do you know it's time to let go? Our number is 877-548-3675. More with Elizabeth straight ahead on Moody Radio. Elizabeth Lang Thompson is with us. Our featured resource today is When a Friendship Falls Apart. And one review I read said this, reading this book feels like sitting with a friend who truly understands you. (laughs) What better could you say? You know, an author's heart will swell when he or she hears that. But when a friendship falls apart, finding God's path for healing, forgiveness, and maybe help letting go. Um... I, I have to ask you this because the difference between I see the difference with my wife and me with friends that we either the friendship was fractured or something happened and it's not the depth that it used to be. Some of those are just you, you move and you make new friends or you don't. But I think for most men, they don't they don't feel it as deeply as women do. Am I being sexist with that? Have you seen the same thing or not? I think that's probably a fair broad strokes description. Um, I think my experience in looking at my life and my husband's life, I think women tend to offer our heart in more French, more numbers of friendships, perhaps. And so the chance for hurt is a bit multiplied, if that makes sense. We have more opportunities for misunderstandings or disappointments. Whereas, you know, my husband, he'll have his few guys, his heart, heart friends, and not as many as I have, but they're really meaningful to him. Um, So maybe that's part of what you're sensing is is just the sheer number. (laughs) Right. Well, and the other question then would be the single versus married, if we stay with women. Um, Because I was thinking my first response was it's harder for single women who lose a friend like this and have a fractured relationship. It's hard for them because they don't have the spouse to lean on. And then I thought, well, but married women, a lot of times that friend will be the one they go to, you know, when they have, and not just marriage struggles, but things they can't, they don't connect with their husbands about. So which is it, is it harder as a single or a married person to lose a friend? 
I honestly think it's hard no matter what walk of life you are coming from, whether you are a teenager, I live with three teenagers right now and we spend a lot of time talking about their friendships and how they're going. I even have a fifth grader, we talk about it a lot with her. Whether you are single or married, the thing is that our friends, they step into our most vulnerable places in our hearts. We let them into our grief, our joy. They have a favorite spot on our couch. They know where we keep the good coffee and the good desserts, you know, (laughs) they know their way around our home. And so no matter what walk of life you're in, when a person who has been in your life in that meaningful of a way is suddenly not there or eventually gradually sort of steps out of your life, it's a deep loss. I like to say that it's kind of like a divorce that no one can see because you're not going to post about that on social media. Like, you know, my bestie and I are having some struggles and everybody pray for us. <laughs> just That's just not a thing. Um, there's no Hallmark card for, oh, I'm so sorry that your, your friendship fell apart. It's, it's a very private and quiet kind of loss. And yet it, it affects us in our daily life, our daily rhythms, we have special memories together. It may affect your holidays. So right. many things are touched by the loss of a friendship. Well, you can't think of your wedding and your honeymoon without thinking of that, what happened just before it. I mean, it colored everything. So that that comes right back to you, doesn't it? It really does. I remember getting down on my knees when I got off the phone with that friend and just begging God, like, I don't know what to do. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to fix this right now. There is nothing I can do. I have to go pick my grandparents up from the airport and go to my rehearsal dinner. I can't make this right. And God, you're going to have to step in. You're going to have to hold this grief for me uh, during the wedding, during my honeymoon. And I'm going to come back and revisit and try to make it right when I come back. But, you know, when we lose a relationship like that, it's it's a heavy weight. And thank goodness, God is willing to step in and help carry the load. Otherwise, I think it would be unbearable. Right. We're going to talk about that today. Here's the number, 877-548-3675. Let's define terms, what a friend really means. Michael is in Chicago. Michael, why did you call today? Just a couple of things. This is a great topic. Um, my first question would be, you know, is a friend for a season or a lifetime? And I, I love what you were just saying, because when people step away from you or you step away from a person, you're, step, you're stepping away and they're stepping away with like a heart treasure, like shared experiences. Like the more of that, the pain, the more painful it can be when, when friendships break up. And then the last thing would be, do I need to find my Jonathan or should I wait on my Jonathan? Kind of like with David. Yeah, great questions. All right, so the first is, is it a season or for a lifetime? What do you say about that, Elizabeth? I actually love that question because I do think we all have some friendships that serve a beautiful purpose for specific seasons in life. I know my husband and I walked through a season of infertility for several years, and God brought some wonderful women into my life to see me through that season. And we were very close at that time. We talked often. It was so meaningful. We could share things that none of my other friends understood and I could go to those friends. And you know, when 
God brought me through that season. We ended up having children. I'm still so grateful for that. My friends moved on into their different season. The closeness wasn't quite the same in all of those relationships, but it doesn't mean that we did something wrong. It just means I think that God brought us together to see us through a hard time. I still treasure those memories, like you said, the times we spent together. If we were to see each other, we would meet on great terms. We just don't have the same daily intensive communication that we used to have, but I think that's okay. That's kind of a normal part of life, right? It's hard to keep every friend for all ways. Um, so yes, I do think seasonal friendships are, are a, can be a very beautiful thing. So you don't try to control it or mani- or channel it, you know, it's got to be this, it's got to be that, let it be what it is going to be. So that that frees you up to both be a friend and, and find a friend. But what about the Jonathan, you know, do I wait or do I pursue? What, what do you do? I also really love that question because the scripture gives us this epic friendship in David and Jonathan. And I think when we all read that story, we we, we think that Where's my Jonathan? I want that heart friend who loves me as they love themselves and they pledge this lifetime of incredible devotion to me and we weep over one another. That is an amazing kind of friendship. But it's interesting to me to think that there's really only that one example of that one epic best friendship in scripture. Most of the friendships that we see in scripture are you know, they're a little bit more complicated, a little bit more messy. And and now we will say that David and Jonathan, I would say there was some messy dynamics there. It was tricky. Jonathan was navigating his jealous father, Saul, who wanted to kill David. That was a little complicated. But, you know, I have found in my experience, I just want to keep my heart open in general to new friendships. To I pray about friendship in the times in my life when I've thought, I really wish I had somebody to walk through this time in my life with me. I'm feeling a little lonely. I've prayed about it and then tried to put myself in situations where God could work, where God could bring a new person into my life. But I've tried not to, I I like the word, Chris, that you use, tried not to control what that friendship has to look like. Because a David-Jonathan friendship is a tall order. I think if that friendship comes into your life, Oh my goodness, thank God for it, praise God for it, nurture it, treasure it, guard it the best you can. But in the meantime, we can still have meaningful, powerful friendships that are maybe not the absolute dream. Like You don't have every single thing in common. It's not as emotional maybe as David and Jonathan's relationship was, but it can still be a faithful, beautiful, godly friendship that gives you both joy, and helps you both to grow. Yeah. Michael, thanks for your call today. I think this kind of moves into the area of what, what, why do you go toward a friend or why, what is the friendship for you and, and what, is, what is your motivation for going after a friend? Because uh, Pappy said to me, in order to have a Jonathan relationship, you have to open yourself up and be vulnerable. So vulnerability is a, is a huge part of that. But isn't part of the problem with fractured friendships 
the expectations that one or the other or both have on the other and what this is going to be, and then the distance between that whenever this event happens and you didn't live up to what I thought you were going to be. Yes. Mismatched expectations are a huge reason that friendships can struggle where one of you has a one definition of friendship, the other has another, and when those don't align, you end up accidentally hurting one another's feelings or just sort of letting one another down, and one is feeling disappointed or neglected, kind of like my friend. She was feeling neglected, and I didn't realize it, and then the trick is if one of you doesn't speak up and say, hey, I think we might be on different pages here in terms of our expectations and what makes us both feel loved, that's where those cracks can really widen. And then one day you look up and there is a chasm between you and you don't know how to cross it. So I would say when you're feeling that disconnect with a friend, uh, one way you can prevent a future fracture is to just be honest and say, hey, you know what makes me feel close to you is when we we have coffee regularly. I would love to set up a consistent coffee date because I'm a quality time person. Or you know what would help me feel secure in our friendship is for you to say that my friendship matters to you. I'm a words of affirmation person. Even just acknowledging our different love languages is a huge step towards making sure that we're really meeting one another's needs and and not accidentally letting one another down. Yeah. I want to deal, I've got a billion questions for you, but I want to deal with this one because you are a pastor's wife, you're in a church, you know that that right there can be a really lonely position where, you know, how much do you share about this and not share about that? Um, but when this happens in the context of a church setting, when friends who are believers fracture, you can you can blame God, you can blame the church, you can blame you know that a lot goes into this because believers aren't we're supposed to love each other. We're we're not supposed to act this way, and you get surprised that you know you're blindsided because I thought I thought fill in the blank. And here you are. How do you deal with that? Well, first, I think it may encourage you to think about the fact that Scripture gives us multiple examples of other believers who had some issues in their friendships. Okay, first of all, think about Jesus. He had these 12 guys who were his closest relationships. Every single one of them let him down at the night of the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane, they all ran away. Judas betrayed him to his face, betrayed him with a kiss. Peter denied him three times. Even the Lord had broken friendships that needed to be restored. Um, So I think that's comforting. Another really interesting example we find in scripture is in Acts 15. We see that the apostle Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas, who was known as the son of encouragement, I get the feeling that he was like best friends with everybody. He was gifted at friendship. They came to a point where they had a disagree a disagreement. The, the Bible says they disagreed so sharply that they parted ways. That is incredible to think about that these two godly men both had different convictions on something. And the Bible doesn't really speak to who was right, who was wrong. 
And I feel like God went out of his way to include that. He could have left that out and been like, let's rush that one over. You know, Holy Spirit, let's leave that out of the word because that's not going to do anybody any good. But actually, it does do us good. I think it gives us hope that, hey, we're all imperfect. We all misunderstand and hurt each other's feelings at times. And that gives us hope when our relationships are a little messier than they wish. We wish they could, that we wish that they were, you know, um, we do get a sense in one of Paul's letters, he sort of hints that perhaps that conflict was resolved, but we don't really know. Um, but certainly those conflicts in a church situation can be especially painful, confusing. They require a lot of wisdom, who you talk to, who you don't talk to. You may have to go outside your own church family to get the comfort and the advice that you need so that you don't cause people to take sides, that kind of thing. It can, it can be really tricky, but thankfully God cares and he pays attention when we're struggling in this area. I love the Barnabas example because, you know, the son of encouragement, and uh, we'll, we'll find out when we get to heaven, you know, if we have that question, but it seems like it was John Mark and John Mark taken with, and so they split off and Barnabas and he went one way and Paul went another and so it was over, maybe over a person. And I can imagine Barnabas saying to Paul, do you know how I stuck my neck out for you when everybody was questioning, yeah. you know, you, and, and here I did, let's be, let's be relational with this young man here. And, and then that broke, that friendship broke, they went their own way. And it, I think you're absolutely right. It gives us a lot of hope for our friendships in the church. What about the broken friendships in the last few years over politics? We've got to talk about that, and I'll take your calls at do when a friendship falls apart? That's what we're talking about today, and a real-life example's coming up. If you go to chrisfabrylive.org, you'll see Elizabeth Lang Thompson's book, When a Friendship Falls Apart, Finding God's Path for Healing, Forgiveness, and Maybe Help Letting Go. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org, click through today's information, you'll see it right there. Let's go to Mary, who's on the line. Hi, Mary, go right ahead. Hi. Um, I have, um, I had a friend for life and we grew up together. We went through several, you know, um, health problems. Um, and then all of a sudden our grandkids were not getting along and, um, she chose to go with her grandkid instead of our friendship. I didn't expect her to walk away from him, of course, but I didn't expect her to drop me either. Um, she has blocked me on everything, her phone, her social media, everything. So I'm wondering how I should handle this. Wow. Just forget her or I can't do that. Yeah. Mary, Elizabeth, I'm so say? sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Mary. I know the heartbreak that you must feel um, to lose a friendship that's been with you through so much of your life and just really sacred moments, and I'm so sorry. Uh, 
You know, one of the things that I write about in the book is, unfortunately, um, we can't force another person to reconcile with us. And I know that's what happened to me in the situation years ago before my wedding. I wanted so much to make things right with that friend and was willing to do the hard work of working through our, our misunderstanding and apologizing, whatever I needed to do on my end. And, and she wasn't willing and I had to just let it go. And I think what I would encourage you to do is take it to God in prayer and, you know, hand it over to him and say, Lord, I don't feel done with this friendship. I still care about her. I still want to find a way to resolve this, work through it. And I pray that you will prepare a path for that to happen. But in the meantime, please hold this for me and give me peace, give me patience. And then you're just going to have to leave it in God's hands and trust that he's working, whether or not you can see it. Um, the day may come that you're able to reach back out again after some time has allowed her anger to settle down. Who knows? You just never know. I always like to give God room to work. You never know. He specializes in surprise endings, <laughs> you know, that we didn't see coming. But he also helps us find peace when, when the less than ideal is the outcome. So I hope that God can help you find peace while you wait for him to do his work. And my prayer is that eventually you and your friend are able to come together, um, you know, that one day God softens her heart and you're able to have that reconciliation, but that you have that peace in the meantime. Is journaling a good idea then as you work through all of this? Because if if you're right, what you said a little earlier is this is a kind of grief that we don't share with, with, uh, with everybody. So journaling, praying, obviously, well, does that help? I think journaling is a huge help. Obviously, I'm a little biased as a writer. I feel <laughs> I feel it's very helpful to process your your feelings and emotions on on paper and to write out. Here's how I'm feeling about this today. I like to write out my prayers to God. I find that it helps me. It feels like a more physical way of giving my worries and grief and fear over to him. It's like I can see the words on the page. And so I know that now that I've put them there, they are in God's holy and powerful hands. So I do think journaling can be very powerful and it can help you see the progress of your healing over time that the, the wound begins to heal with time. The pain becomes less acute. It becomes more of a dull ache than that stabbing initial pain, and, and it helps you kind of find that peace over time. I want to say, um, Mary, Amy posted this on Facebook. She says, I've extended the olive branch with no return, but Noah didn't send out the dove one time. He kept sending it out until it brought back proof of dry ground. So I guess I have to do the olive branch again and again. I think I've already done it five times. Um, so you ask, seek, knock. And then that brings up the question, yeah, but when is there a point at which you know not, this needs to be over, this needs to be done on my side of things? That There's a grief in that, isn't there, Elizabeth? There certainly is. And, and it can be hard to speak into when is it really done? When do you call it and say, I've done everything that I can do? 
I, I do think if you have extended that olive branch and you've said, hey, I am here, I'm here for the conversations, I'm willing to talk, to listen, to work through the messiness of reconciliation, but if you keep getting shut down, you may just have to let it go and leave it in the other person's hands. But that doesn't stop you from praying about it, from saying, Lord, I've done everything I know to do for now, so I'm, I'm letting this go. Um, and I'm trusting that if, if this conversation is meant to happen, if this friendship can be restored, you'll bring it about. You know, it's interesting even to think about how Jesus handled some people who walked away from him. Um, I've always been struck by the story of the rich young ruler. Jesus invited him to leave everything and become his disciple and walk with him, journey with him. I mean, what an invitation. The rich young ruler walked away, and I've always been struck by the fact that Jesus didn't chase him down. You know, I think Jesus was like, well, I'm still here. My offer stands, but I'm going to let you choose. And sometimes we do have to let people make their own choices, even if it's not what we would choose for the friendship. But how do you then not become bitter? Uh, you, you say the, the poison of bitterness as you move forward, because this can become, the enemy can use this as one of those stumbling blocks, these things that will get you and just uh, rake you over the coals with shame and guilt or anger that turns into bitterness too. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because I know for me years ago, there was a really difficult situation um, where someone someone was hurting a person that I was close to. They were really emotionally abusing them. And I was outraged. You know, I wanted to go step in and save the day. And there was really nothing I could do. It was not my problem to solve. But I found myself in this battle against bitterness for the first real time in my adult life. I thought, I this is this dark, angry feeling and part of me hated the feeling and part of me craved it and wanted to feed it because it felt good to feel angry. <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, I have to do something about this in my heart or I am going to become bitter and it's not going to be pretty. And I was desperate. I couldn't figure out how do I get this out of my heart? How do I uproot this? And I really settled in on where Jesus says to pray for those who hurt you, pray for your enemies, pray for those who hurt, hurt you and persecute you. And I started thinking, I wonder if there's more to Jesus advice here than just like a godly to do. Because I had always just kind of thought, sure, like add into your prayers as a little holy add on. Um, Lord, please be with my enemies and help help the difficult people in the world. Like, amen, good deed done, you know, added, I added that to my prayers. But what if Jesus put that in there for us to help our hearts. And it was all I had to go on at the time. So I just decided I was going to pray for that person every single day. And let me tell you, at first, I was praying through gritted teeth with clenched fists. <laughs> I mean, I did not want to pray for this person. I was so mad. But gradually, my jaw stopped locking. My fists became open hands. And God softened my heart. He, I can honestly say that those prayers that I prayed about that situation and for that person, they kept my heart from bitterness. And so I would encourage anyone who's struggling in a friendship 
feeling hurt, feeling abandoned, feeling frustrated maybe because the other person won't engage in healing conversations, pray for that person and about the situation as much as you want. Pray every day. Pray specifically, Lord, soften their heart. Lord, show me things I need to change. Lord, bring us together. Holy Spirit, bring unity. Pray, pray, pray. And that will protect your heart. It will keep you in a posture of humility. It will help you know that God is working where you cannot. And it will give you a sense of peace while you wait. And it really, truly will guard your heart from that bitterness. That is such good advice because your your heart is the only one that you can do anything about other than praying for that other person. So I love that. When a friendship falls apart, finding God's path for healing, forgiveness, and maybe help letting go is written by Elizabeth Lang Thompson. You can find it at our website, chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. More questions and comments coming up straight ahead on Moody Radio. For people in today's culture, an unwanted pregnancy means one thing, abortion. You take care of it, right? That's why I'm glad that CareNet is there. They call it CareNet because they care, number one. And they're a network of 1,200 affiliated pregnancy centers around the country who serve hundreds of thousands, something like 300,000 men and women just last year, free ultrasounds, free pregnancy tests, Pregnancy decision coaching, options counseling, you know, adoption, uh, taking, having the child and raising the child, helping with parental education. A man who says, "No, we need an abortion. I don't. I'm not ready to be a dad." Well, maybe you are, or maybe the adoption. You see what I'm saying? If you click CareNet when you go to the website chrisfabrylive.org. There's so much that is going on there that I think will encourage you. Don't let the enemy say, ah, this is, you know, the, the society's going away. No, th- there are signs of life in this pro-abundant life ministry of CareNet. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Who knows, maybe you will be talking with somebody who's going through an unplanned pregnancy and you'll think, wait a minute, CareNet. Click CareNet, the green button there, when you go to chrisfabrylive.org. We're talking about when a friendship falls apart. Linda is on the line. Linda, what's your question or comment? Okay. Yes, my comment is I teach children's church, and I teach the young children early elementary, and their memory verse is Proverbs 17, 17, a Friend shows love at all times. So my question is, on the spiritual level, is that how we should look at friendships, no matter how we're hurt, that we should continue to show love? Because that's what the Bible tells us at all times. And I know the things that were mentioned, praying and those things, that's a way to show love, even if you're not in contact with them anymore. And if you ran into them on the street after years, you still would show love toward that person. Yes. Great question. And then and then the question is define love. You know, what does the love look like here? Okay. Elizabeth, what do you say? Well, I love that question. Um, 
certainly we are called to to love others and God himself sets an incredible example for us <laughs> of loving us through all of our mess and our sins and putting up with us and Paul there's this great scripture in Colossians where he says bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another there are times when love means bearing with one another and and certainly we are called to always love um, now I will say that friendship is a gift not an obligation. And so if you find yourself in a relationship with someone where it's really not healthy, it is causing emotional or spiritual or physical harm to one or both parties, then that may not be a friendship that needs to continue. You can love someone and care for them and wish them well without giving them unfettered access to your life without letting them in to cause further harm. So I think even, you know, you talked about in Sunday school, teaching children about love. This is something I talk about with my kids often. Like you've got to pick your friends wisely. You need to bring out the best in them. They need to bring out the best in you. You both need to honor God together. So yes, love one another, but also exercise that wisdom if a relationship becomes unhealthy. I'm glad you asked that question. I want to go to Jesse in Idaho because here's a little sliver of hope for those of you who are going through a really hard time. Jesse, why did you call today? Hi, Chris. Um, so this resum- this topic has been like the last three years of my life. Um, and uh, right at the very beginning of COVID, when the world was falling apart, uh, my business was also falling apart for completely different reasons as well. And my husband and I were also struggling uh, 15, over 15 years of marriage just with the same issues. And it came to a point where he decided he needed to move out. And um, with that, he moved in with some very, very good, close family friends of ours. And during that time, while I was, you know, single mom um, and dealing with a, a business that was on the brink and just my own emotional stuff with feeling abandoned and all the things, um, these family friends of ours basically ghosted me. Um, and that was about six months of never reaching out or anything. And it was super, super hurtful. Um, we had, you know, been through a lot the years prior to that and, um, through restoration uh, ministries that our church has as resources for all of us that we had already been involved in for years prior um, and celebrate recovery, um, I was able to get to a place where uh, I would feel nauseous when I would see them at church. (laughs) And um, doing this by myself with that hurt was almost unbearable, Um, but it allowed God to help create the space that I needed to heal and for the other friends uh, to do some of their own work and restoration and healing as well. And um, my husband and I are still together, (laughs) praise the Lord, uh, Mm. through a lot of restoration and stuff as well. Um, But it wasn't until this last year that these friends reached out to us and said, hey, we'd like to have some conversations. And and so it was, I wasn't expecting it, but had I not gone through the healing process of uh, forgiving and healing from that and, uh, you know, just, just doing the, my own work um, and letting go of that friendship to God, 
um, I don't think I would have been in the right headspace to receive that. I probably would have said, nope, <laughs> I'm out of here. Hmm. I am self-preserving myself. Um, so it's just been a huge bit of grace that God gave because I wasn't expecting it. I was not pursuing it. Um, and, so when you see them uh, at church, so you don't a, feel a nauseous thing. anymore, Jesse? No, we, we, we hug each other again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But there's some hope. There's some hope right there. Elizabeth, talk about that. Yeah. Oh, Jesse, I'm so glad that you called and shared that story because I think it gives us all hope for those messy situations where you're in the middle of it and you're like, I'm a mess. They're a mess. I cannot see how this ends well. And yet God is working. And I love that you stepped back and you kept letting God work on you and you did your bit. You didn't worry about your friends. You didn't even... I mean, you probably worried about your husband, but you know, God worked on each of you individual, individually, and then brought you back together. And that is such a powerful testament to the way he works and the way the Holy Spirit tries to bring about unity. And oh, what a great story of redemption. Thank you so much. I think you've given hope to a lot of people by sharing that. So in the last minute or so here, Elizabeth, the person who's listening who wanted to call but can't because it's just too raw, is there a step or two to take right now when you're in the middle of a fractured friendship and you don't know what to do? Well, we've talked today a lot about prayer, and I do think that's your absolute number one first go-to. Take it to God. Pour out your heart to Him. Know that He cares. He is aware Invite him to work on you, invite him to work on your friend, your circumstances, and trust that even when you can't see what he's doing, he's there and he really cares. We didn't get to talk about the myths of forgiveness. I know that's a a part of the book that will really help people. I mentioned politics a minute ago, and that's a huge issue, you know, for people who pull in. And if you have that bumper sticker on, you know, I'm out of here. And, you know, people who don't talk with each other anymore and social media and the Internet and everything that, you know, we know so much about each other. So all of that mixed in there. Uh, This book will really, really help you move forward. As I mentioned a little earlier, one person who gave, it's like a friend sitting down with me who understands. And that's what you really want. So uh, When a Friendship Falls Apart, it's our featured resource when you go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Elizabeth Lang Thompson, thank you for being with us, friend, and come back again, okay? Thank you so much for having me. You can find that book again. It's our featured resource today. Click through today's information, chrisfabrylive.org. Hey, thanks for your support at the back fence. And I hope you'll come back tomorrow because I have two guests for you. Two guests for the price of one. We're going to sigh together. We're going to talk about the Bible. And the two Michaels are coming back. So if you have a Bible question, go to our Facebook page or call us tomorrow right here for Chris Fabry Live, which is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute, online, chrisfabrylive.org.